your air candy with K&K. The music never sleeps. Get ready for your sugar high with coffee and candy. candy. Yes, yes. Cisco Kennedy and JC here, coffee and candy. And this is Air Candy, the weekly podcast where we talk about all things music. Yes, yes. Here we are, episode one, and we are here to introduce ourselves to the world. We are Coffee and Candy. Armando, tell them how we got started. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, as John was saying, Coffee and Candy is comprised of uh, two people. So first, there is Armando and there's John. I'm Armando. My name is Armando Machado, 35 years old, born and raised in East Providence, Rhode Island. Um, I'm a singer, songwriter. I'm an engineer producer i really try to touch all areas of the music world um my favorite thing out of all though is djing i love to dj and that's where we are now with trying to come up with a name and an act as a dj duo so coffee and candy is that act is that duo and i make up half of that john don't forget, you're also a teacher, and I'll come back to that. <laughs> and many people often ask us when we're out performing, hey, who's coffee and who's candy? Yes, yes. And the answer is, both Armando and I together, individually and collectively, comprise coffee and candy. These words are not assigned to either one of us. We are an entity. My name is John Calcagni. I'm 44 years old. Born and raised here in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, and by trade, uh, I am a full-time criminal defense attorney. I've been a lawyer for nearly 20 years. But the real question that everyone's going to wonder is, how is this attorney calling himself coffee and candy? And it's a long story. Should I get started? Yeah, why not? All right. Well, listen, uh, I, I have not been a DJ, producer, or songwriter for anywhere nearly as long as you have, Armando. But when I look back in the rearview mirror and turn the pages of history to my high school days, uh, I had a great friend and mentor, David DeLuca, a.k.a. DJ Davey D, mm -hmm. a.k.a. David. Rod Strong, uh, who was an, an excellent DJ and who uh, I followed and learned from in my high school years and into college. And uh, the truth is, is that I was not musically inclined. I, I couldn't beat match. I didn't know anything about musical key. And it just dawned on me one day that I was never going to make it. So I took a different direction. I joined the military. I went to college. I went to law school. Fast forward many, many years. I woke up one day realizing that, hey, all I do is go to work and represent my clients. But my real passion was for music. So I called up Davey D and I said, hey, D, this is my situation. I'm thinking of relocating. I'm going to go to a big market. I'm going to go to a music production school and I'm going to chase the dream. And Davey D said, hey, slow down, <laughs> tap the brakes. I got the man for you. I want you to call my boy Cisco in East Providence, who is teaching people That's about right. DJing using modern equipment, music software, mm -hmm. production software, etc. And that's how we met. What was it? Uh, was it the summer of 2021, maybe? Yeah. Yep. And we started off with weekly lessons. That's right. Uh, I brought to the table some knowledge about beat matching and beats BPM and all the stuff that goes into DJing, but had no familiarity with the electronic platform, the equipment that people use today. I grew up on the turntables. And now everything's about the controller or the players. And, and you, you took me under your wing. I was your student, your protege, right? Yeah. You taught me how to find music, download music, analyze music, uh, beat match music. Mm -hmm. And then little by little, you started to walk me down the long winding path to music production. And then one day we both woke up, it clicked, and we decided to become Coffee and Candy. And here we are a year and a half later, give or take, on our journey. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's pretty much how I like like recall it as well. I like I recall our first conversation. I was at home over the phone, and at that time, I, I didn't know if this was going to be just a one-time thing. He was going to come by for one time and say it's not for me, or uh, if you were actually going to be a serious student. 
I have worked with kids in the past, adults in the past, people that were just getting started that just wanted to do as a hobby. And then I've also worked with some DJs that have been DJing 20 plus years and they just wanted to take a new approach, learn new skills. Um, and then I've offered my services in that way too. So I, I didn't really know how our relationship was going to turn out. I just know that I was willing to teach, we were willing to learn. And that's how it started. And I remember I had this whole sort of lesson planned out for the, the first couple of uh, <laughs> times that we were going to get together. Because I'm, I'm someone that's always, I like to plan ahead. I like to have two or three things ready to go. Very OCD. Yeah. You're very OCD. I'm <laughs> Super <wondering>. OCD. That's <laughs> never going to change. Um, but our first time we were in the studio, I had just showed you an example of what I use at the moment, which is the Denon Prime Force, an all-in-one standalone controller. And that was the first controller that I had in line to show you. We never got to the second one because you were so fascinated with this one that you said, I like it, let's get it, let's do it. And I said, okay, I'm throwing this whole lesson plan out the window and we're just gonna go at this organically. And uh, that's, that's, that's kind of how it happened. Well, listen, I love the Denon Prime 4. I still, what do I own? Two or three units of the Denon Prime 4. You it's do. an amazing piece of equipment. But the reason I like the Denon Prime 4 is because combining that piece of equipment with the lesson plans that you came up with allowed me to focus on being a DJ. It allowed me to focus on being creative, selecting the songs, blending, building loops, building transitions. And I felt like... That particular piece of equipment, because it's an all-in-one, yep. let me focus on the music itself and not so much on the equipment. And I knew coming into this, when we first met, that I didn't want to be you know, what I like to call the laptop DJ. I feel like the DJs that use the laptop are so focused on the computer that often they lose sight of the performance and the presentation of the music. I've also seen, unfortunately, laptops go down before or during a show. And I that's a, a, just a total buzzkill for everyone in the room. And I didn't want to get into that. So I love the Denim Prime 4 because it was an all-in-one. We still use it today in our live performances. Yep. But we also like to play on the CDJ 3000s, which people describe as sort of the flagship equipment of, of the music industry. Yeah, if or you're DJing world, if you will. Exactly. If if you call yourself a professional DJ and that's what you do for a living, whether it's local or on an international level, then chances are you use the CDJs in some capacity. Um, just about every major nightclub in the U.S. and abroad, they are using the CDJs, and that's something that you actually brought to light. And made me realize I didn't know that they were that um, in demand or that mandated in a way where we have to learn these. We have to know these. Me being a mobile guy, I'm so used to bringing my own equipment to every gig. So in my mind, I'm like, well, we talking about I can just bring my equipment to the club and some clubs are not going to accommodate you if you're just doing an hour set and there's someone before and someone after you. So. You had a very serious conversation with me saying, listen, I think this is something that we need to invest in and learn because it's going to help us out when we're out there trying to do shows. And you are absolutely right. We've been to a few shows together and there hasn't been one show that we've been to where they're not using CDJ 3000s or 2000s. Um, so you were spot on with that. That was a must. And uh, I thank you very much for bringing that into my world because I would have never picked up the CJ 3000s. I would have been very happy with the Prime 4 and that would have been it. It would have been a done deal. I'm glad that we have the CDJs, but I'm equally grateful that we have the Denon equipment as well because working side by side with you for as long as I have, I've had the opportunity now to learn the two most popular major DJing platforms, the record box slash CDJ players, and then the engine slash uh, Denon Prime 4 players. And it's it's been interesting to me in my journey and learning more and more about DJing and about music production, just how many folks out there are only familiar with one platform 
and can't transition to another. And I think back to uh, last year when I played my first block party uh, during the Providence Pride weekend. Yep. That uh, I brought my equipment because I was comfortable on the Denon. And there were other DJs there, some that brought turntables, others that brought other players, uh, some that were laptop DJs and some that weren't. And everybody was so focused towards their particular equipment. Some folks didn't even know how to operate the other equipment. And everyone sort of had to stay in their lane and we had to set up this tremendous sort of DJ booth slash table and set up all the individual pieces of equipment and plug them into um, a master... What do, Mix board. Mix board. Yep. So thank you. So that we could transition in and out because the way the sets were being played is that it was, you know, four tracks per DJ and we'd rotate throughout the night that way. Uh, but since then, you and I have had occasion to play other events, uh, whether they be block parties or nightclub events, uh, where the CDJs are being provided by us and all of the various DJs coming in and out have been able to quickly plug and play using the CDJs yeah. for their designated one hour set. So yep. it, it's great that we have both, but most importantly, it's great that we know how to operate both and uh, weave our way in and out of the different platforms and the different software, making us more versatile uh, for those future venues. Yeah. And that is a very, very good point because the whole reason why I got in to even teaching other people how to DJ is because I was once the guy that only knew how to DJ on his own stuff. And after doing this for at that time was about 15 years, I kind of had a conversation with myself and I said, how can you call yourself a professional DJ if you only know how to DJ on one piece of equipment? So at that moment, I said to myself, I'm going to learn every different brand, make, and model that I possibly can. And I spent about a year doing that. I bought a couple of little small, some people call them little toy controllers that are only two, $300. And I got made fun of like for this because why am I wasting my money? When, when I have all this high-end technology, why am I wasting my money on these small little controllers? And it, it was a very simple answer. If I want to teach other people that are beginner DJs, I have to be able to know beginner equipment too. The high-end equipment is very expensive, very costly. I can't expect someone to just jump in cold feet and spend $2,000 on a controller. I'm not gonna get many um, students that way. And at the time, I was focused on kids and I was focused on teenagers because I seen this as an opportunity to give kids and teenagers a positive outlet of something to do with so much going on in this crazy world i as a teenager i really benefited from music production i was very fortunate that my parents supplied and allowed me to kind of have all these loud noise toys um like growing up and it was a great tool and outlet for me that kept me positive kept me out of trouble kept me off the streets and I wanted to use music education as that same tool to help out the youth of today's market. So that that was actually the prime uh, like reason of why I wanted to teach how to DJ. And then as the word got out, all ages and all people, you know, like I said, people that have been DJing for 20 plus years, they were like, hey, I heard you teaching how to DJ. I've always wanted to learn this. Do you know how to do that? Actually, yes. And I have that exact controller. Great. When can we meet? And then it kind of just evolved. And when I put the word out there online and my friend David heard about it, then that's probably where the connection came from to reach out to you and tell him about me. Because if I just kept it to myself and never went with this, David would have never knew that this was even something that I was even offering to anybody. And that's why sometimes you just got to take a shot and just try something, try something new, try something different. It might work. It might not. For me, it led to something I never even thought was possible which was to get back into doing music full time. And that's where Coffee and Candy really started. Well, for anyone that's never been to the studio, I can attest that all of those individual controllers that you described are right here on display like trophies uh, that you've conquered one after another. Yeah. And when I think back to our early days on, 
you know, you probably thought I was coming uh, to my first lesson with no background knowledge, no information, like you were going to start from a clean slate. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I had a bit of knowledge and we started out on that piece of flagship equipment and we continue to use it together today. But I'm actually grateful that after that first lesson, you forced me to take a few steps back. I remember those early days. For the first handful of lessons, I'd come by each week and for our two-hour session, and you would force me to use one of those more basic controllers so that I could see um, where the concept of the controller came from yep. and how advanced and evolved it became sort of culminating with the Denon Prime 4. And I only mention the Denon product because in our early days, that's really what we focused on engine in terms of our music analysis software and then the prime and denon product the prime four as being our overall controller and all of the lessons that you taught me there translated very or very easily once we got onto the cdj's uh, in the record box and uh what i've learned in my journey with you and with coffee and candy is that there's so much to learn it's the hardware, so it's much. the software, both of which are advancing and evolving all the time. Not much different than the cell phone world or the computer world. In addition, the the various genres of music that we need to keep up with, yep. trends in the music, the sound packs that come out for the software production. It, it just never, ever ends. And uh, when I think of my professional career, People refer to individuals who are lawyers as engaged in the practice of law. And that phrase, the practice of law, really speaks to the fact that as a licensed attorney, you're always continuously a student. The law changes, you're learning new things constantly, learning new ways to represent people, and constantly evolving and gaining experience. And I think the same thing goes for music production and DJing. You know, when I was 23 years old and uh, I was uh, finishing up my law school career, I remember that there were students graduating with me, believe it or not, who were in their 60s. People that were very accomplished in life, presumably had, had earned their money, but in their later years decided they wanted to go back to law school. And I remember this older man, I can't recall his name, but he was a fellow classmate. And I remember him saying to me that you're never too old to learn. So when I look at the direction you've taken your life and the fact that you decided much younger than me that you were going to become a teacher to others, uh, folks that wanted to learn how to DJ and ultimately learn to produce music, and you mentioned your student population of all ages and your basic to um, mid-level to advanced controllers, mm -hmm. and here I came along at the time I was you know, 43 years old wanting to jump into this. It just goes to the fact that you're never too old to learn. So for any of our listeners or our fans out there who are listening to us, here we are in our, you know, middle ages, if you will. Yeah. Learning together. I'm 35. Evolving yep. together and on the coffee and candy journey together. It's never too late. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and speaking of that, it was months and months of doing lessons and trying to figure out where is this going? Is there a point where John's going to say, hey, this was great. I learned everything I wanted to know. Have a nice, you know, like have a nice, have a uh, nice life, life, kid. <laughs> but <laughs> like that didn't happen. So we did this sort of um, student like teaching, learning how to DJ for like a few months, and then as we kind of evolved and got to know a bit more about each other in our personal world, outside of just a two-hour lesson, um, we kind of learned that we have a lot more in common uh, than we thought. In that music is very important to the both of us and we both seen this sort of vision and had many conversations about you know would you ever consider doing this outside of just kind of teaching maybe you and i could dj together and we had talked about this what would that look like and i'm like well what do you mean what do you want to do you want to do private events and you had always brought up well i want to do more of the festival scene you know? Festival slash nightclub. Yeah, yeah. Festival slash nightclub. So I said, okay, interesting. I would love to be in that world too. I can tell you that there's a road to get there. And I 
I think I have a map of what it, what it looks like to get there. And it's a pretty long road. And then we had conversations about, do we really want to do this? There was a lot of commitment involved, a lot of serious conversations. And we both felt that this was something we wanted to take on. And we had a commitment to each other. And here we are now, a whole year later, doing it. Without a doubt. And let me tell you, uh, it's been great. We've had a lot of glorious, good time moments, mm-hmm. but there are also challenges along the way. People need to know, um, you know, I was watching the Grammys the other night yep. at your recommendation, yep. and a commercial came up at some point during one of the breaks where they were trying to remind people uh, to help protect artists. Basically, you know, don't copyright the work. And the whole concept was is that one in a thousand people who produce or make music make a living from it. And that statistic though designed to sort of emphasize the importance of uh, copyright infringement in supporting your artists, also sends a bigger message. And the bigger message is is that there's a lot of competition out there, right? I remember when I was getting ready to go to law school, uh, everyone used to say, oh, you really want to go to law school? There's a lot of lawyers in Rhode Island. There are too many lawyers in the world. But I remember uh, a mentor of mine, uh, a superior court judge here in Rhode Island, a guy named Daniel Procassini, who also, by the way, is a musician and is a renowned drum player. Uh, He said to me, uh, yes, there are a lot of lawyers in Rhode Island, and there'll always be a lot of lawyers in Rhode Island but there will always be room for good ones. And I think the same goes uh, for the music world as well. There are a lot of people out there with a lot of talent, Yep. but the people uh, who are the best of the best will always rise to the top. I don't know if that's ever going to be us, but we are certainly going to give it our best and try our darndest, just like all the many other artists out there that came before us and those that uh, will go after us. Yeah. Well, the one thing that I know about the music business is that there's cycles. Every year, there has to be fresh blood, just like in any world. So eventually, someone who is a veteran DJ that's been doing this 30, 40 years, eventually they're going to retire and someone else needs to now level up and take take that number one spot. So what that does is it now opens up new room for opening acts and new DJs and the next generation. There will always be the next generation. So yes, there is always a chance and there's always a shot if you're willing to take it. When you sit back and say, nah, I'm, not, I'm never going to make it. Well, of course, you are never going to make it. But if you take a shot, you have a shot. And you just never, never know what the possibilities could be. Um, there was something that I recall that I always try to keep in mind. and That said, no matter what we do, we always have to have fun doing it. The moment that it gets too serious and that it feels like this is work, then the passion falls out of it and then we're in it for the wrong reasons. And I think that that is a true fact because I believe, especially in the music business, if you are in this business solely to make money, if that is your sole purpose, I want to be rich, you're going to have a lot of disappointments. Because the money is not going to come anytime soon. You have to have passion. You have to have dedication. And naturally, organically, if you're good at your craft and what you do, people are going to notice. They're going to see the worth. They're going to see the value. And that's where the money is going to come. Yes, eventually you need to make a living. We all do. But if that is your only target, you will fail. It's a very good point. I think that... Almost everything in life is that way. Uh, You know, somebody once said to me that when you pick a career, pick something that you love, and then it won't seem like you're going to work every day. And, uh, you know, that's what led me down the path of being a lawyer. And I'm doing this, and I'll continue to do this. And I do love continuing to practice law. But I also have a passion for the music. And that's what I think um, influenced me or inspired me to bring the coffee and candy idea to you. Um, yeah. Let's tell them how we came up with the idea, coffee and candy. Do you remember? Um, 
Well, I remember I I had because I'm OCD, you know, I, I had said like, what are we going to call ourselves? Like, what are we going to go by? We have to have a plan. We can't just do this randomly. <laughs> that's that's just how I am in a lot yeah. of areas of my life. Yeah. I, I, I like to be thorough with everything that I do. Um, and at first we didn't know. We were like, listen, don't don't, you know, focus so hot on that. It will come to us. And if I'm wrong, correct me. But I'm pretty sure something about you really enjoy or you have a lot of coffee and candy in your daily life. And uh, you had told me once that you really don't eat like a three course meal like an average person breakfast, lunch and dinner does. And that throughout the day, you really just kind of fuel yourself on coffee and candy. And I think that was one of the first times that you kind of mentioned the concept of coffee and candy to me, right? It's exactly right. Um, <clears throat> the best way to describe it is you're, you're exactly right with my eating habits, which I know are, are definitely <laughs> not healthy, but I am a healthy individual. Let's not give the audience the wrong idea here. But yes, I'm running around all day in and out of the courts and the prisons to visit my clients and the office. And I feel like a... Uh, ping pong ball all day or a, uh, I'm bouncing around from place to place. So in order to do that successfully and efficiently, I have to keep my energy level up. I don't and have never used drugs. So I needed to do something. So what am I doing? Caffeine from the coffee and the sugar high from the candy. So we, you and I are all about electronic music. Electronic yep. music equates to high energy, right? So how do we get that high energy in electronic music scene? I thought coffee and candy was a great way of continuing with that consistent message. Yep. We spell it with K's instead of C's. Mm -hmm. Your brother, if I recall, helped design that first logo. And we were off to the races from there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had said uh, it has to be something that aesthetically looks nice with a visual. Visuals are everything. So I think the first thing I did is I took two K's. And I, and I had one that was kind of inverted it yeah. um, like a mirror image. So it was kind of K and K. And I, I like the K and K. It kind of rolled off the tongue easy. The first thing I do when I come up with any sort of name or entity is I go and look online and see who has it. Is this already taken? And coffee and candy spelled the way that we spell it as a DJ or a production duo was non-existent. So that was another sign that I said, I think this is going to work. I think this is untapped territory. And I think this is something that is strong and we can give it a run. And then we went with copywriting it and getting all the social medias and the emails and doing all, all those sort of behind the scenes stuff that kind of needs to be done in, in order to really brand and, and start a quote unquote business. Um, and that, that was the first step. And at that point I knew, okay, this is real. This is serious. This guy is really invested in this the way that um, I am. And that it was that moment when I think I told myself, I'm in. Listen, I'm proud of Coffee and Candy. Coffee and Candy is who we are. We are high energy. We are electronic music. It's catchy. It's memorable. And uh, this is just the beginning. Yeah. So speaking of that, uh, over the past year, Besides being DJs, we are also producers. Me being a singer, songwriter, songwriter, a remixer, um, it was very easy for us to now kind of come up with some remixes of some popular songs that are out there and then also come up with some original material. I thought that was very important. If we want to be in this industry, um, being a DJ, solely a DJ is just not enough anymore. Agreed. You have to have your own material. You have to have your own songs. And you have to have some remixes. That's what's going to get other DJs to want to play you in their sets. Um, so first, we started with doing some remixes to some big name acts um, that you would know, but it was done in a different way. And that's that's how we started to tap into the world. And then we started putting out some original songs. So for the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to kind of play a few, just a few, not all of them. We have a lot, um, but a few of our original songs and then some remixes of really popular artists that you probably will know. So uh, enjoy. That sounds great. Let's have it. Get ready for your sugar high with coffee and candy. 
how far did you go? Coast to coast or international? How far did you throw my heart? Yeah. <laughs> 
You're tuned in with Coffee and Candy.